This is the World War II Radio Podcast. A date which will live in infamy. This is London. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Go ahead, Berlin. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. This week, our episode consists of two segments. The first is the January 22nd, 1941 CBS News update from Elmer Davis, recounting the capture of Tobruk by the Allies. Our second segment is an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly, the long-running comedy series. This episode, Piano Lessons, first aired on January 21st, 1941 on NBC. The popular sitcom ran from 1935 to 1956, on the National Broadcasting Network. The World War II Radio Podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can also support the show by clicking on the link in the show notes and offering your financial support. Your donations help us continue to produce the podcast. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this week's episode. 8.55 Eastern Time. And Columbia and its affiliated stations bring you Elmer Davis and the news. Tobruk was taken by the British today after little more than 24 hours fighting. And all that is left is mopping up operations in the fortifications to the west of the town. The pattern of the attack seems to, be, to have been about the same as at Bardia. And it was made easier by the total inactivity of the Italian Air Force. The prisoners have not yet been counted, but apparently include almost all the garrison. Casualties seem to have been light on both sides, though one column of Italian prisoners going to the rear suffered heavily when it came under the fire of Italian guns of the inner defenses. In Tobruk, the British Navy gains an excellent harbor. Whether the advance is to be pushed further along the coast is likely to be determined, according to London reports, by the wishes of the Naval Command. In Albania, however, where the Italians have been strongly reinforced, the fighting is furious and without much advantage to either side. Around Tepelani, fascist troops are counterattacking with great vigor, but the Greeks say that they have not yielded any ground while their air force is vigorously bombing Italian supply columns. Beyond Klisura, too, there is desperate fighting, and correspondents on the spot say that many of the casualties on both sides are from bayonet wounds. Clearly, while the Italian counteroffensive has so far made no progress, it has effectively stopped the Greek advance for the time being. Clouds and fog have given most of England another day and night free of air raids. There were a few incursions today by single planes, and one or two have been reported over the eastern counties tonight, but it all amounts to little. The Romanian government, which appears to have, appeared to have regained control of the situation last night, lost it again today, and there is much disorder in reports of serious fighting in Bucharest and in other parts of the country. Again, all telephone and telegraph communication has been cut off, and the only news that comes direct from Romania is from the nation's radio stations, which are held by the rebellious faction in the Iron Guard. Horia Sima, Iron Guard leader, has gone to Berlin, and it seems likely that he may hope to persuade Hitler to designate him as premier in place of General Antonescu. Reports come not only from Budapest, but from London, that Iron Guard broadcasts are talking about restoration of the frontiers, which could be accomplished only with Hitler's permission, and this is hardly likely to be obtained. 
For the moment, the Iron Guard seems to have the upper hand, but whether the conflict will end in the establishment of a more extreme fascist government or in actual taking over of the country by the Germans does not yet appear. Meanwhile, the incident has had one unusual aspect. For the first time in weeks, most of the Balkan rumors turned out to be true. While all this is happening in Romania, Colonel William J. Donovan, the mysterious emissary of our government, is visiting the neighboring countries. He had a long talk with King Boris of Bulgaria today and moved on to Belgrade tonight. In Bulgaria, he lost his passport somewhere, but the legation in Belgrade is prepared to give him another. And from Yugoslavia, he will return to Greece. The Japanese House of Representatives today declared its intention to support the government of Prince Konoe and to strengthen the wartime structure of the nation. Meanwhile, the government ordered attacks on bachelors and took other measures designed to increase the population to 100 million by 1960, in order, said the announcement, to maintain Japan's leadership in East Asia. And, of course, then they'll need more territory to take care of the increased population. The Japanese news agency Dome reports that Japan has offered to mediate in the border dispute between Siam and French Indochina, which has led to serious fighting in the last few days. Japanese military and diplomatic officials said the prolongation of this war was contrary to Japan's desire for peace, stability, and prosperity in East Asia. But it was indicated that the French would have to give up a good deal more territory than they had expected, and the whole affair looks very much like Hitler's mediation last fall between Hungary and Romania. Siam, if it receives an increase of territory through Japanese intervention, will naturally be much more closely tied up with Japan. In Washington, the House Foreign Affairs Committee heard two more witnesses opposed to the lease land bill, Norman Thomas and Colonel Hanford McNider. Tomorrow, Lindbergh and General Hugh Johnson will appear in opposition. On Saturday, Ambassador Bullitt will speak for the bill, and this will end the hearings before the House Committee. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee will start hearings on Monday with Secretary Hull, the first witness, as he was in the House. And Senator Barkley, the administration leader, now predicts that it may take two months to get the bill through both houses of Congress. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. The Johnson Wax Program with Philip McGee and Molly. of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Love Is. because you've got lots of company. No one denies that work is man's greatest need and almost his best friend. But that doesn't mean unnecessary work. Take your floors, for example. You could go on scrubbing your linoleum floors all your life, and what would it get you? Well, an aching back and red hands for yourself and ruined linoleum in the bargain. So you wisely protect your floors with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, saving yourself unnecessary work, keeping your linoleum always bright and shining, making it last longer. And with the hours of time you save with glow coat, you can do important things that perhaps you've had to neglect. Reading, playing with your children, seeing your friends. Johnson's glow coat saves work because it's self-polishing. It needs no rubbing or buffing. 
Look for the familiar red and yellow glow coat package at your dealer. attended the piano concert last night, and since then our hero has been in an artistic daze. The idea of learning piano has opened new and even more wistful vistas to him. And here on their way to the music store to arrange for piano lessons, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Ah, but I'll be pretty popular at parties when I get so I can really slap a fine way around. Oh, Yeah. You thought you'd be pretty popular at picnics when you took up the mandolin, too. Oh, well, But I... who was it that was always sent back home for more potato salad? <laughs> well, piano's different. It's got class. Do you realize what it's going to cost you to take piano lessons? Oh, what I say, one barbers will pay for the lessons. How so? Hmm, did you ever see a musician with a haircut? <laughs> Come on, here's the music store. Yes, sir? Something in musical instruments, sir? We're having a special today on sweet potatoes, $1.95. A two and a quarter with gravy. <laughs> this store arranged for piano lessons, Bud? Only with the sale of a new piano, sir. Oh, well, we could use a new one. What do you got in the way of pianos, Bud? Stools. Ooh. But uh, we could move them to one side if you didn't mind standing up to play. Now, look, McGee. We're not buying any new pianos. We haven't paid for the one we got yet. Okay, now, look, Bud. How about a book on piano playing for a beginner? Oh, certainly, sir. Here's one right here entitled... Cantatas for the Kiddies, or How to Make a Louse Out of Strauss. <laughs> okay, wrap it up. Oh, but McGee, that's for children. You don't want I to... I ain't, Trob. I got to start at the beginning, ain't I? I don't expect to be on a par with Fritz Chrysler overnight. Uh, Chrysler is a violinist, sir. Didn't he play the piano? Uh, no, sir. Oh, then I am on a par with Chrysler. <laughs> that's encouraging. You're also on a par with Gene Autry's horse. He can't play the piano either. <laughs> Uh, here's your book, sir. Uh, Two dollars. Okay, bud. Here you are. Oh, thank you, thank you. And I sincerely hope, sir, that you get along nicely with your music. I, myself, am by way of being a composer, you know. Oh, <laughs> how interesting. What have you composed, sir? I wrote an impressionistic little thing for string ensemble. It was a descriptive piece about a man waiting outside the maternity ward. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's a kind of a cute idea, bud. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you call it? Hubby Lobby. <laughs> Ah, you know, Molly, I got a feeling this marks a turning point in my life. You've had so many turning points, you'll soon be known as Farling Fibber McGee. Oh. Well, hello there, daughter. Hello, Johnny. What you doing? Well, McGee just decided to take piano lessons, Mr. Oldtimer. That so? I come from a musical family myself, kid. Oh. Papa was a, tri a surgeon, and just to relax, he used to play tunes on his song. <laughs> I'll bet his patients love that. We never knew. Trees don't talk. Oh. Oh, he was a tree surgeon, huh? Yep. Spent four years as an intern in a lumber yard. <laughs> I had a cousin that was a tree surgeon. Specialized in optical work on bird's eye maple. Oh, maybe. <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I heard it. The way I heard it. You play any other instrument, Johnny? 
Used to. When I was wooing Molly here, I used to play the mandolin on canoe rides, but she made me give it up. What for, daughter? Because I got tired of doing all the paddling, that's why. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's pretty good, too, daughter. But that ain't the way I... Uh, by the way, you read music, Johnny? <laughs> I did once, and I can pick it up again pretty fast. Why, when I was a kid, I studied for a long, long time under the famous Professor Ware. Long under Ware McGee, I was known as. <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny, but... Long under Ware McGee, the mighty mucky muck of the metronome, making mugs, the mediocre musical mucks muddling through a mess of monotonous medleys, making millions marvel at the minor melodies made into magnificent masterpieces by the miraculous movements of my magic mitt, nipping many a maestro as I modulated from March Militaire into Minuets and G, and that's the story of Long Under Wear McGee. <laughs> piano rest. I've had three phone calls from the neighbors complaining about the noise. I can't stop now, Molly. I'm just getting the hang of it. Getting the hang of it, huh? Why, it'll be years before you can even play chopsticks without getting a nasty note from the Chinese ambassador. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I'm catching on pretty fast. The only thing that bothers me is these pedals underneath. I don't know which is the brake and which is the clutch. Oh, McGee, Mrs. Uppington is at the door. Oh, she would be. Well, give the old war horse some hay and slap her into a stall. (laughs) After all, you know, she's the one who gave us the tickets to the concert. Oh, yeah. Come in, Abigail, dear. How do you do, my dear? And how do you do, Miss... Well, I didn't know you were a pianist, Mr. McGee. Didn't you, honest, Uppy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
And I dearly love piano music. Oh, tell me, do you know Schubert's unfinished symphony? No, I don't, Uppy. I started to add that to my repertoire once. And then I thought, shucks, I thought, why learn that till it's finished, then I can play the whole thing. <laughs> so I never took a... Oh, my, how amusing. <laughs> that killed me, too. <laughs> oh, I studied piano myself, you know. Oh. Oh, yes, my instructor always said the nicest things about my country, Pantor Bravura. Oh. Did you slap his sassy face, Abigail? <laughs> Mrs. McGee. Well, what do you have to say about your piano playing? Oh, I was a very brilliant pupil. I won scholarship after scholarship. Why, the moment I would enter one conservatory, they'd give me a scholarship and send me somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a very broadening experience. Yes, yeah, so I see. I always said they made those piano stools too narrow. <laughs> <laughs> say, incidentally, Abigail, we want to thank you for your... Tickets to the concert. Yeah. We enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, well, personally, I thought the guy was pretty high ahead up. But he, in one number, when he got going pretty hot, I tossed four bits up on the stage, and all I got was a dirty look. <laughs> oh, well, I hope you get along nicely with your practicing, Mr. McGee. Oh, uh, may I try your piano? Oh, sure, go ahead, up. It ain't in very good shape. We we've used it so little, some of the keys have even turned black. <laughs> Let me see now. I... Ah, yes. Oh, heavenly days, McGee. <laughs> Why, she can give you the lost card with knots in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair country piano playing, I think. <laughs> What was the name of that number? Oh, that is a little folk song I picked up in Brittany, Miss McGee. Oh. It is called Trappez-moi, mon père, à la mesure. Meaning what? Beat me, daddy, eight to the ball. <laughs> <laughs> And you were going to show her how to play the piano. <laughs> you wait, I'll show you. Well, wait till my teacher gets here. Your teacher? Yep, I looked up a piano teacher in the classified directory. She ought to be here any minute, huh? One, two, three, four, five, four, three. One. Hey, Molly. What's an octave? An octave, dearie, is eight notes. It is? Yes. Remember that dirty octave we got from the piano company last month? <laughs> Hey, Molly, I was just passing by when I heard you dusting the piano, so I thought I'd drop in and suggest that little Johnson's wife... Oh, would... no, no, I wasn't dusting the piano, Mr. Wilcox. That was me, Harlow. I was practicing my piano lessons. <laughs> you taking piano lessons? <laughs> well, laugh if you want to, but I've started this thing and I'm going through it. <laughs> Well, let me know if you get stuck on any technicalities. Why, Mr. Wilcox, are you a musician? Oh, in a way. I'm an expert in domestic harmony. For instance, I keep harping on the fact that housework is much less treble if you take sharp measures in your flat oh. to bar dust and dirt with Johnson's wax. Oh. <laughs> Johnson's wax gives you, as a matter of course, the key to a better scale of living. Oh. oh. So go over to your nearest dealer oh. and see the man at the counterpoint to Johnson's Wax as the major product of its kind. Oh. Do it today. Oh. 
heavenly days. You know what you deserve for a sales talk like that. Sure, Molly, but it won't hurt because I have a pillow stuffed in my pants. See? <laughs> oh, you saw it coming, eh? Yeah, I call this my pun cushion. Oh. See you later, folks. <laughs> See the man at the counterpoint to Johnson's way. Of all the truth. As the barber says to the guy that was just getting out of the chair, what'll he think of? Next? <laughs> Oh, well. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. <laughs> Ain't this a panic, Molly? <laughs> Here we've had the piano all this time, and I never knew to allow that now that I was a musician. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Hard to play piano and talk at the same time. <laughs> I was a musician. Shall I say? That's right. <laughs> That's nothing. My grandfather was eight years old before he discovered he was not so generic. <laughs> I thought he ate meat. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, four, three, two. What's the matter? My thumbs, they're too short. Maybe if I put thimbles on them, they'll be able to... Oh, dear, I hope that isn't another neighbor to complain about your practicing. Come in. Uh, excuse me, please. Is Mr. McGee living here, please? You betcha, sis. I'm him. Well, I'm the teacher. You're calling me out for some music lesson. Oh, oh yes. Come right in, dearie. <laughs> Come right in. Here's your little pupil right here. Pupil, here's teacher. <laughs> Hi, sis. Let's get started right away. What do you say, huh? Well, certainly. Uh, what kind of piano are you wishing to learn, please? A classic, jittle-bogging, conservative, or boogie-woogie? <laughs> All of them. I want to be a finished pianist as soon as possible. That's funny. That's exactly what I want you to be. No, you ain't got the right attitude about this, Molly. Here I am about to bring art and culture into our drab lives, and what do you do? Oh, I just stand here like little Audrey and laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> Okay, okay, but I say I'm going to learn piano, and I'm going through with it. Now, look, uh, Mrs., uh, what's her name? Well, my married name is being Highwater. Oh, what's your first name, dearie? Helen. <laughs> That's right, and I'm going to learn piano in spite of it. <laughs> now, come on, sis, give it the teach. Uh, first, uh, sitting on the piano stool, relax. Dear, don't go to sleep, dearie. Just relax. Uh, then is placing the fingers on the keys like this. Hmm, such interesting hands you got here. Uh, what you mean, sis? Well, I'm also being our fortune teller, Mr. McGee. Oh. Yes, uh, from the lines on the hands, I am telling you our past, present, and future. <laughs> For instance, from this line here, I am seeing that you are naturally very domesticated. Oh, why, she's wonderful, McGee. Uh -huh. That's where you cut yourself with the can opener. <laughs> Go on, sis. What else do my hands say? 
Hi, it's looking like bad news. There is something about a financial difficulty in the near future. There is, huh? <laughs> Shucks, that won't be anything. Uh, <clears throat> incidentally, how much you charge for piano lessons? Uh, $20 for a half hour. Oh, oh heavenly days. Why, oh, that's Oh, no, you don't, sis. That's too much. I won't pay it. Sorry you had your visit here for nothing, but the deal's all off. Shall I call you a taxi cab, dearie? Thank you, no. My taxi is waiting outside. I told him I'll be right out. What? You told the taxi? How did you know? I told my own fortune before I left home. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Now, look here, McGee. 
What's the idea of irritating the whole neighborhood with your infernal rum titty bum, rum titty bum? I ain't going rum titty bum, rum titty bum. All I'm doing is. Stop it! Stop it, for goodness sake! Oh, this eternal Doremi has me frantic. You mean this? Uh... Oh, Richard! Oh, for goodness sakes, Mr. Gildersleeve, quiet. Well, I'm a music lover. <laughs> you a music lover. <laughs> a Spanish serenader. <laughs> That's a laugh, Gildersleeve. <laughs> Why, you wouldn't know the old oaken bucket if somebody stuck your head in it, and I think they ought to. Is that so? Yes, that's so. <laughs> and by George, this time you've gone too far. Well, he knows the way back. <laughs> you trifled me once too often, McGee. If I had a tape measure, I'd beat you within an inch of your life. Oh, yeah. Don't get gay with me, you big blimp. <laughs> I'll let you have it. And between me and me, me and you, you could use a little. Between me and a little what? A little it. Now listen, boys, here, let's not quarrel. You're getting all mixed up here, the both of you. McGee's piano studies won't last long, Mr. Gildersleeve. It's just a passing fancy with me. It's never no such a thing. I've started learning piano, and I'm going through with it. <laughs> Look, little chum, uh, let's get together on this, huh? <laughs> okay, Gil, let's get together. You sit next to me, and we'll both go. No, no, stop it! Stop Stop it. What I meant was, can't we make a deal? How about selling me the piano? I'll pay any price that isn't downright fantastic. Oh, we can't sell it, Mr. Gildersleeve. It isn't ours. Yes. Uh, whose is it? Whistle Vista Piano Companies. Still owe a few back payments on it. Sure. Uh, back payments, eh? Yeah. <laughs> very interesting. As a matter of fact, the president of the piano company is a very good friend of mine, McGee. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Well, if you excuse me, I have to go see a man about a dog. <laughs> well, so long, Gildy. Goodbye, Fido. <laughs> <laughs> Fido, what do you mean by that? Search me, dearie. But look, now that you've begun to use this piano, hadn't you better finish paying for it? Oh, they ain't going to make trouble after all these years. <laughs> Maybe I better call him up, though, and straighten it out. Give me the phone. Here you are. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me a whistle. Vi oh, is that you, Mert? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, Mert, give me a whistle. This is 9999, will you? Thanks. Hello, is this 
I'm studying how to play this thing, see? You don't want me to grow up in ignorance of the finer things in life, do you? You don't want to stunt my character by denying me the cultural advantage. Grab that end of the box, Charlie. Okay, hey, come on. Up hey, here. it won't go through that door. How do you get it in here? Well, we've had the door weather stripped since we bought the piano, boys. You can't get it out without damaging the door. And if you make one mark on that door, I'll sue the piano company for a breach of plenty. See? <laughs> He's got us, Charlie. Oh, no, he ain't, Puffy. That's a big window over there. We can get it out that way. Oh, Open it up. Okay, okay. Oh, well, there goes your musical career, dearie, right out the window. Oh, yeah. Well, they can't do this to me. Drop that piano, you big palooka. Oh, oh, I didn't say it on my foot. Easy now, Charlie. Let's go through the window, okay? I got it, Puffy. Oh, no, you don't. If you take that piano out of here, you'll have to take me with it. Okay. It's a deal, yeah. For your musical persistence. What you mean? You said you were going to go through with it, and you did. than your kitchen floor. It gets heavy traffic, wet and muddy feet track across it regularly, and it gets more than its share of things spilled on it. In fact, your kitchen floor might easily be called your problem floor if it weren't for Johnson's self-polishing blow coat. This easy-to-use floor polish has simply eliminated that problem altogether. First, because glow coat protects the linoleum against wear and bad weather, guards the linoleum surface against scratches and dirt penetration. Second, because glow coat makes a linoleum floor beautiful, makes it gleam and sparkle, keeps its colors like new. Third, because glow coat actually makes the linoleum last much longer. And fourth, because it saves you so much hard work. Johnson's glow coat needs no rubbing or buffing. Simply apply and let dry. And in 20 minutes, your floor gleams under its protective polish. Put glow coat on your next shopping list. to get the best of a McGee. I'll say it does, dearie. Yes, sir. Yeah. You'll have to leave now. Why? The Wistful Vista Piano Company warehouse always closes at six. Oh, okay, bud. Good night. Good night, all.
Carlo Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. If you own an automobile, you'll be glad to know about Car New, Johnson's sensational new auto polish. Whether your car is old or new, you can improve its appearance, increase its trade-in value, add to your pleasure of driving simply by giving it a Car New beauty treatment. All of this at low cost and with very little work, because Car New both cleans and wax polishes at the same time, in half the time it used to take. Write this down on your memo pad tonight. I want to wax polish my car with Johnson's Car New, spelled C-A-R-N-U. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Mm-hmm.